Have you ever looked at a podcast or been on a podcast show and went, why does that guy look so much better than I do? Even though you probably have a nice camera, maybe even a light. And you go, why does Kyler and Alex look so good and Sean looks so bad? <laughs> I think about it all the time. Okay. Actually, the first thing I was saying, I was like, dude, Sean, what, I, don't, I know you got a good camera there. Yeah. A7 what kind S3? of camera are you using? A7 S3? S3? Yeah. You don't need, there's no more than you need, right? What kind of lens? Lens is important. Uh, 17 to 28. F what? Uh, 2.8. Okay. I'm on a, what am I on? I'm on a 15 to 35 F 2.8. It's a Canon L lens. So it's Canon. So it's a little bit better, but, but <laughs> no, no, but actually, you know, what the thing is, you know, the, no, you know, the, the big, you know, the big thing is, is, um, I think you're too far against the wall. Mm. And that's the thing that I see with people in podcasting, both in person and on zoom all the time is they don't think about contrast of depth. Right. So with Sean set, there's just not that much separation from foreground and background. And so the two ways you could solve this is one, you could put the camera much closer to you and do a, like a tighter crop. Oh, I got a little zit there. See, that's, that's why that's the downsides of, of that, of that way. Right. But if you, the farther back I go and the bigger the frame, the more I blend in with the background. So what I would suggest is, you know, maybe shooting it. I don't know what you're shooting it at, but I'm shooting this at right now is 28, but I actually tightened it up because I know Kyler's look, been looking better than me and I wanted to compete. <laughs> the first, so anyways, the, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, the first pot I had a 35 on, but it was too, because my camera's mounted right above my uh, monitor, but it was like too tight. So it was like, I was like down here in the framing and I was like watching it the other day with Sean. I was like, dude, yeah, that looks terrible. So I switched out. I'm on a wide right now. Yeah. So it like probably feels more comfortable, but I know for, like when you have that compression, when you're really tight to the camera and the background's really far away, you get a really deep look. So yeah. uh, Sean, that's what I would recommend. And for okay. anybody, for all our, our many, many listeners and viewers, which are actually the numbers are going up. Uh, if you want to look better on camera, separate yourself from the backdrop and then you'll get a deeper frame. Copy that. Tip of the day. Tip of the day. All right. How are you guys doing? Doing amazing. I'm hyped up after yesterday, especially. Yeah. Yes. Yesterday was a great. good day. What happened yesterday? Did some goal setting. So it was a, uh, oh yeah, it, Brand, I joined Brandon's thing. I paid the 25 bucks and uh, it's definitely worth it. It was worth the three hours. Like I was like, that's a little long. But then after I was like, yeah, it wasn't too bad. It actually probably wasn't enough time, like you said. But um, for me personally, it was weird. I had like mixed emotions at the end too, because I was kind of like a little angry. I was like, man, I could have been doing, I need to be doing way more. So ever since I'm just a little angsty, like let's get moving. So it was good. I love that dude. Um, Brandon Turner does, this is, this is my favorite thing he does of all is this goal setting. He's just so, so sick. Good at it. He's just, and he likes it. It's so gnarly. It's like, it's fun to be around. It's actually, I did it three times this year. And every time I'm like, man, I kind of like you, Kyler, the more that I pay attention to it, the more I get fired up. And then the more that I pay attention to it, the more I realize when I don't pay attention to it, I'm slipping. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, I keep now everything in notion and I'm like, here's my goals. I just got to work on them every day. I got to, it helps me clear out the distractions. I'm like, not this, not, no, 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 no. Only this thing that I wrote down on January one, nothing else. Yep. 
Yeah, no, 100%. It's, Dude, he's uh, so good at it. Yeah. I need to have like the... Sometimes I fall off a little bit, so I have to check back in with myself to just make sure that I'm consistent. And that's like a goal in itself for me is like, I want to do like every Sunday thing, like check in. Usually it's like, oh, I'll check in a month kind of thing. But, you know, sometimes I waste time and it's, just, I want to see what I can get accomplished if I stay consistent with the goal setting of being disciplined with it. So, dude, did yeah. you join the tribe? That's the whole, uh oh, did you join the tribe? We were I was talking, talking about, about it. this too. I was like, I'm this close to joining the tribe. But my thing that's, is that's... the real estate, right? The real estate side, there are a lot of real estate yeah, guys yeah. in it, right? It's all real estate. And I'm yeah. like, that's not like where I want to be. Like if I found a tribe thing where it was like video space or let's start entrepreneurship one. space. Yeah. I would totally we could start yeah. My friend texted me gotta... this morning. My friend gotta... texted me this morning, goes, Hey, you want to go to Bali? I'm like for what he's like do i just want to go to bali for like five days and just mastermind with like all guys that are killing it in different industries and we just teach each other about whatever i was like let me know when <laughs> so i did this in 2022 i did a i we did a a real estate mastermind in guatemala wow it was like it was called the beacon it was super good uh yeah highly recommend uh but anyways dude content matters we have a facebook group if you want a, a accountability pod with kyler go to the facebook group and say, Kyler, I want to be the person who kicks your ass every Sunday and make sure that you succeed. Or as I like to call it, I'm going to drag you to success kicking and fucking screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I need it. So I think it's... Sean, what about you? Totally I think we, we all need the accountability, Kyler. Yeah, no, I liked it. I Similar to Kyler, I thought like going into it, like three hours is kind of long. And then about halfway through, I was like, you know, they didn't really give us enough time here. <laughs> so I was like, I wish it was like five hours. Like me and Kyler were calling each other in between the breaks. And then at the end, we kind of hashed out and talked and we're like writing some more stuff down. I still have mine here. I'm like, how can I, you know, if it's top of mind, I think we'll, and we're talking about it more and we're checking the progress regularly. So I loved that he was like deconstructing it to like, even just quarterly goals. Cause like right now it does not seem as intimidating for me to be like, all right, plan for quarter one and quarter two. Like I'm just planning towards July pretty much. And um, some of the ways that the worksheets kind of tied it back in to make the statement. Um, and then I really liked how there's different ways that we can measure the goals, you know? Um, and he was talking about that where like, sometimes they might all be saying the same thing, whether it's like, I want to lose 50 pounds or bike twice a week. You might be able to lose the weight if you're biking, you know? And so just kind of how you define it and how you say it. But like, I, yeah. And then also there's a point where it clicks where I was just like, I don't know if you guys are like this, but I was like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. Like, I was like, I want to rock climb at least once or twice a month, every month. I want to bike up to my cabin, which is like 150 mile bike ride. I want to do this many events. I want to visit at least one new country. Like I felt like all over with some of the ideas, but it was, it was good. Normally I, I haven't been that like buzzed off of like setting goals and talking to people and he's really good at it. He's really good. He's so good at it. He's so good at it. Uh, four times a year we do that. Just let you know in the tribe four times a year, just letting you know. <laughs> I uh, love it. Were you, what were you doing um, during it? Were you 
were you doing the worksheets too, or were you just kind of? Well, I just, I just did it a few weeks ago at our annual Vegas meeting. Remember, Sean, you were there. Mm -hmm. So like I was, I was sort of working, but um, no, actually it's so interesting because like, because he does it so often, I kind of, it does messes me up a little bit because I get too far, like, you know, in the business because I'm part of better life instead of focusing on, you know, my goals. Uh, But, uh, oh, bless you. Excuse me. I have the recording, so uh, I'll probably go through it with Miss Kate. Dude, we did it last year, my uh, my fiance and I. So I don't know if you did it with Trixie or Kyler. I don't know if you did it. I don't know if you, I don't know your status, but like if you do it with the person, like, dude, it's so enlightening because I'm like, this is what I want. And they're like, oh, really? That's weird. That's what I, this is what I want over here. This other thing or this same thing, or like, how can we do both? You know, it starts to become like, you know, where do you want to live? How many kids do you want? Uh, who do you want to be friends with? Why do you, you know, why do you want to be friends with people like that? Like, what's your ideal life look like? And yeah. it does become a little bit like, I want to do all these things. And then I think the trouble that I've had so many times in the, in the, in my life is like, I do all these things. And then it's like, I, I end up bouncing around instead of, like, okay, let me just, what can I get done? Especially, and this is where I'm in at 40 now. I'm like, what can I get done that I can then outsource and somebody keeps going so that I'm not only doing what one human being can do? So it's kind of like this podcast, for example. I'm like, can I outsource this so that somebody else takes it, puts it on YouTube, does the show notes, you know, upload, posts it, does the thumbnail and does the short clips. And it's like, now I can, I can multiply myself and do other things because we have this rolling in the background. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so, yeah. Me and Sean were talking about this yesterday. Why are you guys asked... talking so much without me? We're supposed to be three friends? What the heck <laughs> no. is going on? It was it was about... Um, so I'm turning 29. Sean's 35. You're 40. I hate you guys. So there's five-year gaps, basically, in between. I hate you guys. Yeah. I was like, all right, what would you tell your 30-year-old self? This is a good question. I think about this actually quite often now, like the content that I think about in my head, I'm like, I want to talk to myself 10 years ago, and I want to talk to myself in 10 years. That's how I think about content now, right? Um, what would I tell myself at 30? First off, you got to understand, dude, when I was 30, like you guys are so far ahead of me. I was an alcoholic. I was in debt. All I did was go to the bar and drink. I thought I was the fucking one. Um, I would out I would invest in things that have really long compounding effects. So uh social groups, relationships, knowledge, right? Like a lot of your peers are not reading books, right? And it's gonna and because they're not reading books, you don't think you have to read books, but like knowledge compounds. Not that you remember everything, but it starts to build upon itself. So you can you can learn. It's it's not like what I would avoid is things that are investments that don't compound, like ice baths. You're not going to get so good at an ice bath that it's going to carry you for 10 years. Fitness will, like your your health. So like I would invest in knowledge, relationships, um, health. Uh, I would invest capital, right? Because ca- capital compounds. So I would invest capital wisely. And that probably means some education because I know you guys probably don't focus on it as much as you will in the future. And the last one is like content because your content compounds. People remember you. Those are Those become a different form of relationship. That's good advice. So, yeah, I would think about like really deeply, like maybe not what Kyler at forty is going to care about, but like, um, like how do you set yourself up for things that are going to last? Because the things you care about now, you're just not going to care about. 
you're really not going to care about the clothes or the cars. I mean, I'm talking about myself, actually, the clothes, the cars, girls, um, social status about people that aren't doing anything. You're just like, oh, I'm not even friends with this. I don't care. That person wasn't a hot sh as hot shit as I thought. Um, yeah, yeah, so I would, I would invest into things that, that compound. Cool. Yeah, no, that's good advice. I, yeah, there's already things that I'm like, ah, I would like, should have start like I should have bought a rental at like five years old when prices were cheap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, what was prices I are gonna go up. To prices are not gonna come down. So, prices are gonna go up. So um, buy something. Awesome. Let's, uh, Sean, you did some research for us for this show, so we had a little bit more structure. Sure. Um, you want to bring up one of those ideas? I think some of those topics are actually pretty good. Sure. Um, well, the first one on the list was uh, Oculus Quest 2 sold more than Oculus Quest 3. And so to me, it looks like people out there are looking to save money. I don't know if they're looking for that marginal upgrade and having the newest and latest. They just want something that's going to get the job done equally as fun and half the cost. I don't know if you guys are yeah. gamers or not, but. I have n I don't know shit about VR. <laughs> so my, my opinion is probably invalid. <laughs> yeah i don't really know much about vr i think vr is in some weird way i look at vr it's either going to be i i used to think it was going to be like the absolute undeniable future and it still might be but it's also the way vr has unfolded has been a lot like the way that 3d tvs have unfolded where you're like this is neat and then you're like this is a difficult gimmick this is not very intuitive technology works best when you don't notice it so like vr i'm like you got this headset on, you can't talk to other people. It's very isolating. It's clunky. So it has not adapted, adapted that fast. Um, so I don't know why the three is selling worse than the two. I hesitate to say that it's like some like extrapolation that people in general want to save money. I think people in general want to get the most for their money. And so if the three is worse than the two, or it's not like a meaningful upgrade, like if the games aren't different, if the graphics are different, like when you go from PlayStation four to five, which is every 10 years or something like that, I don't, I don't own either, by the way, like the graphic improvements are huge. And then all the new games kind of only, only work on the new system. So like, unless there's something like that, like what's the incentive to buy? I never bought the DJI, uh, the drone, the third, the Mavic three, because it was only like a 15 or 20% upgrade from the two. Yeah. Now, when the four comes out, maybe it's like that's when I'll go. So the same thing with cell phones, right? Like not everybody goes off and gets a new cell phone. They wait two or three cycles. So I don't know the the specifics, but I would be hesitant to extrapolate large, you know, purchasing patterns from one instance like that. And VR is not widely adopted yet, so it's hyper niche. I think it's like young kid gamers sort of only is who I can tell is using it. It's way out of my radar but i know it's around vr so like i don't see it it's really interesting that apple's building vr but i don't see any vr i don't know anybody that uses it but i know it's around nice same i i mean i've used the headset once my friend had it but I dude i'm know, I, like, the business economics behind any of that i'm hyped for it i mean canon sells that 5.2 fisheye dual lens for vr uh, yeah I know. I'm like, dude, I would love to get this, but no one, I, no one in the world is going to see it because yeah, it's so, so I think when Apple comes out with theirs, 
I'm paying attention to see like, are people going to actually buy this? Because Apple's really good at at marketing. <laughs> well, honestly, they're good at product. Yeah. It's so, like the marketing will be good, but like they're not going to sell it. I don't, I just don't see them selling, at least not for any long periods of time, a gimmick just to sell a gimmick. Like if they sell it, they're going to be like, okay, this is something you're going to use. Even though you don't know it yet, you're going to use it. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how Apple's entry to VR goes. It's three grand? I think so. Yeah. But still, you so. can't take it out. You're not going to walk down the street with it. It's like, it's an at home, very specific, like little, and, yeah. and only, you can only talk to other people in VR if they're using it. Like it's going to be a, it's going to have to be like very big adoption. Yeah. At the same it, time for it to like take off, I think. It's crazy because, um, what was it? Google, Google Glass. Do you remember when that came out? And like, oh yeah, it was a shit show. Nine or something like that. I don't know. It was like they were so far ahead, so far ahead, and now and people dumped on them. Yeah, and we're still trying to release something that's very similar, and it's still not being adapted. Like it just shows how far ahead Google was on that tech. But well, it's coming. Like AR, yeah. I think I think the reality will be artificial. Uh, what is it called? Augmented reality. Augmented, I don't think it'll yeah. be full virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's gonna be the future. I think. I could be wrong, I think, or at least that'll be like the intermediary until you can get VR that's like maybe simpler or I don't know, maybe you have augmented reality during the day. And then when you go home, you plug into VR. So you go, go immersive. Um, <laughs> but it's just so big and bulky and clunky now. It's just, it's just, a yeah, it just, it hasn't taken off. It's, it's almost like um, it kind of reminds me of the, the rise of Bitcoin where people are like, this is the future, and here I am, here we are, like 14 years later, and I'm like, it's still kind of a joke. Nobody's using it for any real-world transactions. Like, it's around. People are using it, but not for any meaningful... Except El Salvador. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, wait, is it... Was it El Salvador that went all is Bitcoin? Is it El Salvador? I think no, they I think you mean um, Venezuela. Or was it Venezuela? Okay. Yeah, and they, and they came off of it, by the way. Oh, they did? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. What so, is, um... What? I don't know, Sean, that's an interesting one, but I, I, I love talking about VR with creators because one day we're going to look up and everything that you make, all these reels, these podcasts, like in 10 years, probably less, but in 10 years, this podcast will be me sitting with VR and you're going to be sitting right next to me and it's going to be in super high fidelity and we're going to have the body language. And then the whole game changes because you're able to move the digital camera around. You're going to have digital scapes. Like it's going to be, this is going to seem like, this is going to seem like the equivalent of writing stuff. each other freaking on a on a, a letter <laughs> like a card. i remember the name of the word what's typewriter like a typewriter it's like yeah. oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's so long ago i don't even remember the word so it's like typewriter writing letters to each other it's going to be what this is called the vr but i say 10 years but it could happen quite a bit faster have you guys messed around with or seen any um well so the other thing to talk about the meta ray-ban pov glasses i thought those looked slick i was kind of on the fence about wanting to buy them they reminded me most of what are they? The well, the the, the they're like Meta's new uh, glass that has a camera on the side, so you get like that POV kind of shot. Um, and it looks. Have decent. you not seen this, Kyler? Is that is that Casey Neistat did a video on that, right? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I know what that is. I thought it was like it doesn't connect to like the Facebook Meta world or whatever, does it? I'm no, sure Meta is just the name of the company now. Oh, okay. I thought it was really. Oh, that. maybe you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's 
it's uh i think they're cool i still again i'm back to like it's kind of i feel like it's kind of gimmicky i don't really need pov video at all times i think i don't know somebody's gonna do something cool with it and then it'll possibly fit into that it's got a 12 megapixel camera it's got audio so you can do speakers which is cool except now you're playing fucking speakers out loud which is not cool um and so yeah you can experience you can do like what's it called experience the companion app in your glasses so you can see some of your stuff in the glasses apparently is that what it says i don't know Interesting. um hmm. i i think it's just like a little bit of an evolution of like every piece of tech coming to your it's 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 bionics right it's like it's your watch it's your glasses it's everything you wear now it's just it's going to become more and more like cram full of neat tech but it's like I'm 40. I'm old, dude. To me, I'm like, this is a $300 gimmick. Yeah, I, I look at that same way. It's like, all right, we still have a cell phone. It's like, we've gotten to the point where we're so lazy, we can't pull our phone out to record something. We got to like, press a button on our sunglasses and just walk around and record things. I don't know. It seems more like a, uh, like a spy, spy kind of thing. It's like, oh, I'm going undercover. I got to do whatever. Actually, Noah Kagan had a video on that, right? He he went to banks or something and had his little spy camera. Yeah. Glasses on or something. So I was like, yeah, that's all I could really see it used for. But I don't know. Maybe someone will think of something creative. I mean, Look, GoPro's for, got it down already. For like, creators, I love it. Okay, for creators, I love it because you can make all sorts of new stuff. So when it comes to the stuff of your creator, like I am for it. But for me, just as my little unique... Alex's perspective is, um, dude, I think about money, not only money all the time, but I'm like, look, I don't want to be broke with a neat reel on the internet because I spent $350 on these glasses and I made a neat reel and my reel got a bunch of views that doesn't pay me. And now I'm like working a job I hate or struggling or stressing about money because like, I don't want to put creativity. It sounds so weird because I guess it's just how I am. I don't want to put creativity so high. I don't want to be a starving artist. I don't want anybody to be a starving artist. I want people to be rich artists. So unless you're somebody like a uh, Casey Neistat who like is literally so good at creative that he's going to make money on it and the $300 isn't much to him, I'm like, go for it. But for, I'm so sorry, for Sean, I'm like, dude, Sean, $300, you can buy stock. <laughs> like that's stocks, bro. <laughs> so that's where, that's where my head goes to. I'm like, yeah, make sure you're investing wisely then doing toys i love how yeah. you always think of the money first alex i went down the rabbit hole when i forget businessman and like, investor right there uh, justin berry had a post on insta with him and i was like oh these are great i was like maybe he'll let me use them at WealthCon, and i can like get some pov shots with the gimbal i don't know but i hear you 300 bucks could buy like microsoft stock in that i think what's the price of microsoft now that um alex brings up like the money this is, part this is this is 20 bucks on amazon this is a this is a gopro mount love it you gotta it's, oh, a, it's cool. a light it's not like one of those heavy duty chest mounts it's a light gopro mount and you get the same thing you already own a gopro except instead of here you're here and i'll tell you what the battery life in the gopro i bet you is better than that little that little the glasses and i bet you the um the image quality is better so this is what i'm saying i'm like 
your job as a creator is to work within constraints, not just like every new gadget you got to buy. And, and yeah, that's just my opinion. Valid. I've wasted a lot of money on equipment. That's for sure. You learn oh, the hard way, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have stuff that just sits there, collects dust. That's pretty much what it does. Um. All right. Should we, we go over the cash question? The one that I think Alex is going to really react to from the screenshot. Yeah. Yeah. What was this thread? Did you see this organically, Kyler? Because I think I saw it organically. I'm I not saw on it Facebook on too often, so I didn't see it. Yeah. Interesting. I think I saw it. I don't know if I saw it on. It's, um, you want to read it, Sean? Sure. So why should we pay cash everywhere we can with banknotes instead of credit card? I have a $50 banknote in my pocket, going to the restaurant and paying for dinner with the restaurant owner, then uses the bill to pay for the laundry. The laundry owner then uses the bill to pay the barber. The barber will then use the bill for shopping. After an unlimited number of payments, it will still remain $50, which has fulfilled its purpose to everyone who used it for payment. And the bank head has jumped dry from every cash payment transaction made. But if I come to the restaurant and pay digitally, card, and bank fees for my payment transaction charged to the seller are 3%. So around $1.50. And so will the fee $1.50 for each further payment transaction or owner re-laundry or payments of the owner of the laundry shop or payments of the barber, etc. Therefore, after 30 transactions, the initial $50 will remain only $5 and the remaining 45 became the property of the bank, thanks to all digital transaction and fees. And the whole point of this, I think, was that we should be using <laughs> cash more. Because yeah. the fees turned well, into bank money. Yeah. So here's an easy, like, this is kind of an easy way to assess whether this is valid. Does that argument compel either of you to start using cash and not use digital? No. No. <laughs> Convenience. So, there you go. I mean, there you go. Uh, it also it also doesn't really take into effect that once you have all this cash and coin, who's going to take this to the bank and deposit it? Yeah. Which all these restaurants now have to have somebody every Friday take this into the bank, and now you have tellers that have to add all this up. And I'm like, dude, you start getting tellers. Guess what? Those fees actually go up. <laughs> yeah. Like you're talking about trading. You're tra you're talking about like like is the is the is the convenience worth three and a half percent or i let me put it from a different way if you were a store owner right so i can tell you that store owners don't mind paying the three percent because if they didn't they would just say cash only and guess what they go out of business yep yeah sure. so yeah 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 i mean i agree that's with like that. this is sort of like saying like um well, you lose such a human touch by texting people, so we might as well just go back to writing letters. <laughs> yeah. You know, or like, hey, you know what, dude, you know what if I wrote you all letters? Stamps are cheaper than my cell phone bill. If I wrote you stamp, if I wrote you letters, I could save dollars and dollars a year by writing you letters. So, yeah, I saw this too. I saw this. It, it was, uh, and I'm like looking, if you're looking at Facebook right now, like it's gone hyper viral on all these different posts, but um, I don't buy it. I mean, the same thing too is like, 
money's not real. It's a fiat. So <laughs> they just want they just print more. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, that's a whole other argument. No, that's a good argument. That's a whole other argument. Yeah. Like that $50 stays $50, but it doesn't because it actually loses yeah. its value. So you might as well get rid of it as fast as possible. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's he's trying to be thought provoking on it, but like you got to think nowadays in today's world, money moves so quickly because of digital currency that transactions are allowed to be made at way more volume than back then if it was just cash. Like, <laughs> like imagine writing a check to someone that you bought something off Amazon. Like you have to write a check or pay cash to Amazon every single time you buy something. <laughs> it just doesn't work and then like you would have to go to an amazon store more than likely or something like that where it's like you gotta pay with the cash or like you're gonna send that all in the mail so to pay three percent to get something from across the country to your doorstep in a in a day like you're gonna do that because the money transfers so quick so much quicker it's the convenience thing that's the whole digital age changed it all you can do things so much faster that's why e-commerce <laughs> exists so i don't know it just seems like someone that's just dying for old school <laughs> yeah the banks loan out the money back to you anyways so it's like all right if they do take the money they're loaning it back out to businesses investors whatever it is so it's like it's just a cycle the money's they're not hoarding the money and then just keeping it like the job of the bank is to loan it back out so I don't know. That's my thought. Yeah, I, th I, I agree. It. I think it's just, it's just, the, this is just the internet going like, look at this. I mean, he didn't word it this way, but basically what he's saying is like, look at this. Um, look at the cost of convenience. Yeah. You know, there's a cost for convenience. That's what it is. He it's just figured the, it out. The, the golden white dress, or is it black and black and purple dress? At the end of the day, it's still a dress. Dude, I love, <laughs> I love that argument because I think about this a lot of times. Like people tend to do, they like perspective is everything, and yeah, you can look at things negatively, right? You can say, oh, inflation is such a problem. I'm like, not if you own assets. It's not. Have you seen how much money you're making if you own assets? And so then you can say, well, people should own assets, or you can say, I should own some assets. So yeah. it's just, perspective is a lot of it. Accountability. The thing I think about with that last thing on that post is like every time I use the card, it's great because I have certain cards that I use for like the business, one that's just for travel, one that's personal. And if you're using cash, like you're not going to be able to, to document it as easily, you know? So. Oh, dude, my books are set up so that every, my rentals have one account, my my camera, all my camera work has one account. My personal has one account and my bookkeeper just gets to hook it to QuickBooks, which I also pay for every month, by the way, I pay every month for that convenience. And then what happens is my account goes to QuickBooks. It auto, I mean, my, my, uh, my accountant reconciles it very, she spends probably 30 minutes a month, right? Reconciling to make sure there's no lost transactions. I usually get an email like, what the heck did you do with this money? But my point is, um, all that stuff is done automatically and digitally very easily and, it co and it's low cost. If you had cash, I'm like, dude, now you're saving receipts and uploading receipts and, and stapling receipts and writing the stuff down. I mean, yeah, 
convenience is so it's cheap actually convenience is cheap sounds like a headache as well yeah yeah really good point sean that dude's not keeping these receipts right it's just yeah we gotta think bigger we gotta think bigger yeah that's i think we nailed that (laughs) we poked we poked the holes in it yeah yeah i think like that that's written for someone that's the regular person in society that i'm not saying we're better but i'm just saying like that's not very well (laughs) yo christine save this clip save this clip this is the clip i want to post on social in the in the world right it's just like Actually, I have a little bit more of a cynical view of this. This is like, this is sort of the downside of the internet is like everybody has an opinion and sometimes the dumb ones go viral. And this guy's like, oh, look at the downside of cash. I'm like, you're an idiot. But the world is full of idiots. So they're like, who knew that there was the banks are so evil. They're making money on giving us this freaking gift of, 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 uh, of hyper convenience. And so it's just people like not, they're thinking one level. They're thinking about the $50. They're not thinking about the giant infrastructure that it allows us to operate in. Yeah. And you can also write off transaction fees. I mean, if you own a business at the same time, like I look at that on our bank statement, I'm like, well, I mean, kind of paid a lot, but it's a write off. So it's like, it doesn't really hurt. That Stop t- just make it be a cash only business and see if that's better. <laughs> Yeah, here, pay. I charge ten grand. I need cash. I need it in a briefcase. Um. <laughs> if you if you deposit, do you know that if you deposit more than ten thousand dollars into a bank, you by law have to fill out a um a suspicious income form that they, that the bank now goes to the IRS and says, hey, just so you know, you know, this guy deposited ten thousand dollars or more at one instance. Now you have to then it comes back in your taxes and, and you have to be like they make sure that you did deposit that and then you claimed it. So if you start going to like all cash, it's like, dude, now you're, you're opening yourself up to way more work by having to explain all this thing. But I have a very strong feeling that this dude that wrote this has never done a $10,000 deposit. So, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember Grant Cardone was trying to go to the airport with like a hundred grand in his duffel bag and like the TSA stopped him. They're like, what are you, what are you doing with like all this money? He's like, it's my money. Don't ask me. (laughs) It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I right, just Sean, watched, what else you got? Uh, okay, real real quick. I was just to piggyback what Kyler said. I watched a video. I don't remember who made it, but a guy like went to like a car dealership and was like, "Oh, like I'll buy this car," and then they're like, "Okay." And then once they got him to agree, he's like, "Let's go get the money." And he had like all cash, and it was in ones, and it was like more of like a prank, but it was kind of funny because they're like, "Do you take cash?" And he's like, "Yeah," and then he's like, "Okay." And it's like literally all ones, you know, and has them like in an airtight bag. Um, Dude. Yeah. When they say cash, when the banks, when they say cash, what they mean is liquid. They mean a check. Will you take a check? Yeah, we'll take a check. If you actually pay in cash, here's another thing, because I worked in banking for a while. You might not know. If you have a bank, if you have a, you get charged for depositing large amounts of cash. So the bank is going to, the, the dealership is now going to pay a fee for taking all the small bill, for, for depositing all the small bills, because somebody's got to fucking count it. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, this is it's a funny prank. The de- the dealership's like, this is expensive for us. <laughs> yeah. Also, too, bank bank notes or bills and stuff don't even the lifespan is like not even long. It's like they take them and then they dump them and 
make new ones because they get broken down so easily. I have 40, 49 bucks. Oh, check this out. This is how bad I am at cash. This is Colombian pesos. For some reason, they're still sitting in my, in my, <laughs> I have 20, I have $14 in Colombian pesos for some reason. Oh, and here's a five euro because I'm just a world wow. traveler. I have no idea why I still have that in my, that's how little I pull out my, I, that I use cash. Uh, that's funny. You go to tip, you tip the valet and you pull out like a Colombian peso. A $2. It's, yo, actually check this out because of the, because of the dollars are so different. Um, that's 10, that's million. That's 10 million pesos. Jesus. Jeez, just what is that worth? USD? Walking around with 10 mil, like your Grant Cardone. I know. Um, what's it worth? <laughs> uh, not much, a couple bucks. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah. The Sean, let's talk about the uh the that content post with Chris Williamson. Sure. I think that's a good one. So he posted on his YouTube compounding. channel. I, yeah. Because that goes off what Alex was talking about, the compounding effects of things. Sure. All right. So for for the listeners, where did it go? Yeah. Who is Chris Williamson? Chris Williamson has a podcast. Um, have you guys seen it before? I think I've seen oh, yeah. an episode. Yeah, a few. It's really he's well my done. he's the person I try to copy in terms of like camera production quality. Yeah, his stuff's nice. So some so, stats from their 2023 Spotify. Should I read it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, 84 percent of Modern Wisdom's audience on audio discovered the show for the first time this year. Wild. We gained more subscribers on YouTube in the last 28 days than the entire first three years of the podcast. Everything has been so amazing this year. The show, growth, guests, quality of cinema shots, feedback, and everything else. But I can't pretend like it hasn't been rough from a workload perspective. Making all this happen behind the scenes is stressful and hectic and chaotic. I've never worked this hard at anything, but I'm still enjoying the journey and very glad it's paying off. I really appreciate the support. Consistency is hell of a drug. Keep going. That fired me up a little bit. Yeah, I. I mean, dude, he's a beast. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys probably see it just as much as me, but consistency is is definitely the hardest part. And I, there's a lot of people who are consistent on the internet, and when they're consistent, like even lousy content goes far. And great content that gets posted once and that's it. Like nobody knows about it. It really is a, yeah. and this is why I tell you why my goal with this podcast is like, I really think about it. Are you familiar with the term war of attrition? Do you know what that means? I've heard yeah. of it. Yeah. I'm going to say just for, I'm going to, I'll put it in Alex's terms for, for the listeners. A war of attrition is basically like, um, you just, people are going to give up. The attrition rate is just like people who like lose morale in a war. And so if you're like, hey, we're going we're gonna to go to war for 10 years, it's like some people are just, they're going to quit. They're going to give up. They're going to tire of this. And so you just have to outlast them. And that's really how I think about content. Um, not to say you, don't, you shouldn't be getting better and improving, but there's people on the internet that are, that are around and, and going to continue to be around and have audiences that just for showing up every day and, and doing something. And, and most people quit. It's funny now too, because I've been podcasting on and off since 2017. And the people that I was like, man, I can, that guy's killing it. I'm never going to beat him. They have not quit. 
And I think to myself, I'm like, if I had just done this once a week in some fashion, yeah. I don't care about the name. I don't care about, you know, just every week Alex shows up and not just Alex, but you know, if I, if I show up and I talk to people and I post on the line and I just, you know, sort of act, you know, I try to provide value. Like you'll just outlast, you'll just, you'll just outlast people and then you'll be the ones left standing. So not to say that's the only thing, but I love that for Chris because he shows up, he asks good questions. He has a mission. He does it week in and week out and he's getting rewarded for it. Yep. That goes with everything too. Like business, for example, you could be eating shit for a few months or a year or whatever. And then all it takes is a few good months to be, to basically make what you've made all the last year. So I think, uh, what did I do? I did a little research on black Friday actually. Um, cause I wanted to make a YouTube video about that. But yeah. For a lot of retailers, that's the month they go green. That's why it's called black Friday. Yeah. And so they wait all year for that one month for them to turn their negatives into a positive. And I'm just like, geez, it's, uh, but yeah, it's like, if you can't get through the other 11 months and you just gave up, then you wouldn't be able to get to that one month where it can turn your business around completely. So I've seen it with creators too. Like they'll be posting forever. And then one day I'll go and be like, wow. They were at a few thousand and now they're at a hundred thousand. I've seen that with a few people that I know. It was like, they're, we're just cat like friends on Instagram or whatever. And then they start posting nothing really. And then you look back like a month or a year later and it's like, dude, that person has like 50,000 followers. Where, where the heck did that come from? And then now all of a sudden you start seeing the sponsored posts and you start seeing, I'm like, damn, they're doing it. But they showed up every day. And um, like, it's, I think it's realizing your potential too, because a lot of people don't think they can do it or they're not good enough. But I talked to so many people with dope personalities. I'm like, dude, you would be so good at it if you just kept going. Like, and then they, then they stop. You're talking about and me, right? You're talking about me. Yeah. Yeah. You, I'm whole, I'm here. I'm only here to hold you accountable. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. No. Um, but yeah, it's the, the compounding effects of content and stuff is insane. That's partially the reason why I got into it was it is a long-term thing. It's a digital catalog of your progress and growth. So, yeah, I think about it like um, my real estate balance, you know, I buy one house in 2014 and I'm like, one day this will be worth, you know, X, Y, Z. And it's like, you know, who knew that the real estate market was going to do what it did in 2019. And so you get this big bump in 2020, 21, it's like, dude, I have a bunch of houses. They all went up in value and now they're flattening out. Right. But I'm going to keep buying houses and then it compounds. Um, and now it's amazing how much they make me for doing no work. And I don't have a huge portfolio, right? I'm just a, I'm a small time investor, but it's amazing how even that little bit compounds. And then you're like, well, then you get the feedback mechanism. Then you're like, oh, it makes money. I should buy another one of these. And then that's when you get better. So, uh, the same thing with content. Yeah. The one thing I've been wanting to do more is like, I kind of want to just, I would love to be in a place where I had the confidence to get up and one, I have to choose a platform. I'm like dicking around on YouTube and I'm dicking around on Instagram. It's like pick one platform. And then I would love to just do like just very vulnerable, honest daily, just updates about life. But it's hard to not do production, you know, have something to say and then talk to a camera and it's like, dude, but if you can do it every day, I look at, um, the guy who I think Sean showed me, or maybe he showed both of us was, um, Sam Sulek. 
the bodybuilder on YouTube. This guy is incredible. This guy oh, is, is that the in- guy with the long hair? Uh, he's like a bodybuilder. He's like a 23 year old kid. He's humongous. Yeah. And he yeah, posts every single about. day. He posts like a 40 minute video, no production. Mm-hmm. It's just him in a camera, uh, him in a, a car talking to the car. Then it's him at the gym. Then it's him driving home. And he's like, here's my thoughts. Millions of subscribers. And I'm like, dude, just consistency and honesty. Yeah. That's yeah, no, I've seen his stuff. It's I think there's a lot of people doing uh like reviews on like how he grew and stuff like that. And like he's just posting content and like people are watching his videos all the way through. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. But, 40 minutes of pop every day, bro. I've seen some of his shorts. He's a he's a character, so I'm like, I get why he has that following. It's yeah, but he's interesting. And to your point earlier, you're like, dude, I know people that you're like you said you know people with personalities that you're like, dude, you just gotta do it. And that's feel, I actually yeah. feel like that about a lot of people. I feel like that about myself. I feel like that about you guys. I'm just like, man, just every day we got to shout at the world. Like, look how fucking cool I am. And, yeah. and then you got to, you know, you do cool stuff and it just, it, I don't know. Anyways, um, I think what Chris is doing is, uh, is, is awesome. So happy for him. Yep. The, I, what is the stat? What was it? Like 3% of people that are on social media are actually the ones contributing or something like that. And the other 97% or something. Are just I think viewers. it's like 90%. Of I've always heard it as 1% from like create 1%, 100% of the content like and 99% of people consume only. Yeah. So it's still a small, small pool at the end of the day. It feels larger than that. Cause everyone we know is contributors. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, no, at the same time, too, though, it's the same faces you see over and over and over. And it's like, where's the new guy? You see, like, maybe for me, at least, maybe three people that are new faces to social that pop out, pop up. And you're like, oh, I've never seen that guy before. But like, you got to think that's still that's so small. Like, there should be hundreds of people that are popping up every single year. Um, but it's it's not the case. It's just goes back to the consistency thing and then taking the initiative to make sure that you're doing it and easier said than done though of course but there's still so much more room it's not yeah there's so much room it's not that hard it's just it's just insecurity i'm like i don't know it's awkward talking to a camera and saying things you know when nobody listens so it's just you gotta gotta get over that did you guys have to get over that stage or are you still in that stage or still in it did you never have that stage Talking camera. Yeah, I think it's it still feels weird, even though like I'm always telling people to talk in the camera when I film them. But when mm-hmm. I think it's more weird doing it alone. Like I think having somebody there who's kind of giving you like the pointers and like, hey, look right here and use your hands helps. But when you're like by yourself and you're doing it, you're just like, okay, this is weird. Really? Hmm. I um grew up like in in elementary school. I was in like acting class and like. I took an acting class and I was like part of the plays and stuff. So like I learned basics of like camera, like whatever, like speaking to the, an audience and stuff, theater stuff. So it was never weird for me, but that has helped me coach people on like how to get a little bit better on camera. So it's not as awkward, but some people just like freeze up, like their personality Most changes people. completely. And I'm like, Ooh, like, your mental side just completely went somewhere like it's a the shell of your it's like a a face that just came upon you and now you're just a completely different person um and that's that's tough for people especially when you know they're like 
really genuine people and and have good personalities when they become someone else. Like I know someone that's super extroverted and like talks loud and speaks their opinion. And then when they went on camera, it was like this shy person, like very soft spoken. I was like, what happened? <laughs> this is my favorite, and, uh, especially with the yeah. entrepreneurs who are so confident and like so good in their, in their space. And then they're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And we're going to do this. We're going to make some content. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And they get a camera and they just look like a fucking ghost. And I'm like, an yo, headlight. that, yeah. that, that camera is an equalizer. I love it because it, it, I don't know. It's a very humbling little activity. So I think it's, I think it's fun to watch, but it's also, it's interesting to see uh, most people, almost everybody is bad at talking to camera. So like, I don't knock people for it, um, but every once in a while, and I'm sure you guys see it where you're like, somebody's really naturally good and don't even realize that they're, they don't realize that other people are way worse than them. And every time I meet somebody like that, I'm like, let's be friends for a long time. Cause you're gonna make my life so easy. Yeah. You know. I had somebody. No, once... I mean, that's that's for you, Alex. Like when you're on camera, I'm like, eh, like this guy doesn't need help. Like he knows he knows how to do it. So, or I could tell that you've been on plenty of podcasts or interviews or on camera. So, yeah, you do get everybody gets better at it. It's not like a supernatural or not natural thing, but yeah. What about you, Sean? Like when you're filming people, do you have to help them out? Because I know, like we've worked together on videos, and like you get the crowd to like point at the camera and like hype them up how do you get them to do that without it being weird you know yeah good question i think if you can match the weirdness or the excitement that you want to film it really helps so for me i'll i'm trying to use concise words like hey guys i want you to point at the camera and big smile pretend you just won the lottery we're in vegas baby let's go and so if you kind of talk to them like you already know them and or like I'll sometimes mirror like if I'm holding the camera going in for the gimbal shot with this hand, I'll be like, point to me. But it's just trying to use good, concise, clear communication and letting people kind of let go of that like insecurity or like I'll even try to hype them up like, hey, I'm going to do like a slow motion shot. You're going to look super badass. Just smile and then put your arms like this. And so I think a lot of it's just kind of like planting that seed in their head of it's going to look cool. It feels weird. I tell people that a lot. If it feels weird, you're doing it right. Like if it feels weird just to keep looking at the camera when you're talking, then you're probably doing it right. Cause it's like more, it feels more natural to want to like look away or not keep looking at the camera. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that with your work, you, you, you communicate very well with the people you're working with or like the audience and stuff. You're good at like audience. Um, or like uh role play or whatever they call it where you're able to direct them so that's a huge thing because a lot of videographers i see struggle with that is like you need to get certain shots to be able to emphasize how the event was or whatever you're trying to capture but you can't just do that by like sneaking up behind someone and like you know just hoping for a shot sometimes you have to go out there and direct the shot because no one's going to be able to get that shot unless you tell them. Yeah, people are not running up to the camera and being like, let's make something great together. I'll act for exactly. you. People are like, generally, they run as far as they, as fast as they can away from a camera. So you got to like force them and people are fine if you force them, but you do got to do it. Yeah, um, I think it's always, go ahead. Oh, the other thing I was going to say for me, like one of the reasons that I started to get much better on camera is because what I realized was I was asking people to do something that I wasn't willing to do. I was like, hey, do this, you know, act this way, act this way. And they were like, 
oh, I don't like this. And so what I would do is I'll say, okay, fine. You hold the camera and I'll do it. <laughs> and then it forced me to like, you know, get much better at camera. And then people like, I don't know how much it always helps, but sometimes it helps from like, here it's, you can do it, right? I'm not special. You can do it. I can do it. So sometimes it helps. Sometimes you gotta be careful because sometimes people are like, well, Alex, but you're good or whatever the case. And then that only makes it worse. Um, but what I realized, at least for me, my own selfish reasons, whatever, is like when asking other people to get excited, talk to the camera, you know, act this, act aud audacious and crazy is I was like, I cannot, this is maybe my military training. Like I, the drill sergeant said this day one, like they, you cannot ask somebody to do something that you are not willing to do. Mm. And so now like every zany, crazy thing that I ask somebody to do or say on camera, I'm like, I, I, a hundred percent, whatever I'm asking you to do, I can have and will do. Yeah, no, that's good. That's, I mean, that's a good piece of advice right there too. Cause I've done photo. It's funny. I've done photo shoots for like clothing brands and I'm having to direct female models that you know maybe don't have full experience modeling but they're like a friend kind of person that was hired so then having to direct those people and show them the poses even though they're like kind of girly I'm like no like you gotta like do this <laughs> hand on the hip and like stick stick your hip out a little bit more whatever but yeah you have to be able to show them and how to do that even though it like might be a little weird for you but it just helps so much more with your shoots and stuff does Sean disappear on us? I'm here. Sean, um, Sean shoots Sony, and so I assume it died. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something. <laughs> Clip it. Clip it. <laughs> Did your camera die? Yeah, yeah. I have a battery in right now. I don't uh, have uh, the wireless cords. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I got a dummy, dummy battery. In, so. I don't have to worry about that anymore. The one pro tip I was going to give you guys and our listeners, other than shoot Sony, don't listen to Alex. Um, when you're doing the crowd reaction stuff, one thing I love to use the line, uh, I've used probably every event, but like I'll go to a table because I had somebody ask me once, like, why did you come up to our table? And I tell them, you know, they wanted me to get the most, like best attractive looking people, you know? So that's why I'm filming you guys. And it like strokes their ego a little bit. And they feel good. They're like, oh, okay. Um, so it's just like Jedi mind tricks with, with the audience. Or like if they're like, oh, I don't want to be on camera. I'm like, hey, let's just do a take. We might not even use it. You know, like let's just do it anyways. Who cares? And then you do the take and yep. you might not use it, you know, because in reality, it's like a second. Yep. They think they're going to be like in the video for like 20 seconds and it's going to be like, like me being like slow motion and it's like no like we'll just see this this cut you know it's like <laughs> yeah the video yeah yeah explaining that to you helps yeah every every photographer videographer is like a like a i don't want to say a secret comedian but it's like everybody has their little their little tricks of getting people to you know we all have to be able to direct i don't really think of myself so much as a videographer as much as like a director a lot of times where I'm like, this is yeah. what I need, and I'm going to make you sort of give me what I need. Um, and to your point, like sometimes people don't want to be on film. Sometimes you just have to play the, you know, you always get safeties because they're like, ah, that person's going to be terrible or they don't want to do it, so they're not going to be enthusiastic. But like everybody has their Rolodex of uh, of loosening people up or getting them to do what they want. And Yeah. Yeah. You have to be charismatic in, in some type of way. <laughs> yeah. You won't believe this, but my way is bullying and shit talk. 
<laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. Not like that. Nobody wants to see that. Do it like this instead. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that goes, that goes too. Cause it, it it's, humanizes it because being, being behind a camera in front of a camera is kind of like, like you said, it can freeze people up, but directing them behind it, it definitely helps a lot when you can make people laugh and warm up. So I'm pretty yeah. sure when Otherwise, I met Alex, you just tell him to go to the bar and take a few shots. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when I met Alex, it was like, oh, you're shooting on a Sony. I'm better than you. Like what? Excuse me. But he says it with a smile, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, this guy's this guy's a shit talker." Okay, I'm a shit talker. Um, my my favorite author, uh, Nassim Taleb, who I talk about all the time, he says, "Um, charm is the ability to insult somebody while making them laugh." Facts. That's good. Big facts. All right, let's wrap. Cool. 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 Any final words? Um, I don't think so. Any new gadgets coming out? Um, I got, I, uh, I don't know. Anybody, did anybody, any guys do any year, uh, end of year recap videos? No, I did not. No, I was looking at my old footage that I shot for the year, but, uh, I was like, uh, do I want to edit that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to put something together now, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of scrubbing and a lot of work and a lot of what story do I want to tell? And then meanwhile, like I'm always thinking about the future. I'm not trying to, and now we're on the fifth. I'm like, I better post this in the next day or two, or it's going to be too late. You know, I don't want to post the recap already, video in March. I'm locked in for this year. I'm, I'm excited. Like I'm just getting my goals finalized and, uh, I'm hopping in to 2024. I'm trying to go in, do some big things. So. Heck nice. Yeah. All right. Let's stay. Um, let's stay accountable. Oh, let's do a, we'll do a photo for, um, for a thumbnail. Yes. <laughs> All right. I think we got it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Christine. She's great. Thank you, Christine. Sweet. All right. Um I'll send right, I'll send you guys the link if you want the originals and then um yeah. this will go on YouTube and uh yeah, thank you both. Yeah. Let's um I'll talk to you guys after this. Right, yeah, yeah, also yeah, stay online so you can make sure that it all the way uploads. After we are cool. done and you can't, do you guys want to chat for like just five minutes after we're done with the episode? Just talk some logistics on some things. Right. Two minutes. Yeah. Two minutes. Okay.